people let their guard down more on the internet? Mm -hmm. And why is that? Oh. This is Hebrew Hits presented by JTribeRadio.com. I'm your host, Malia, and I sit down with people who live by the motto, it's what you do with what you have that makes a difference. Welcome to Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia, and this is the 47th episode of Hebrew Hits. I cannot believe it's already 47. Before we get to the interview and before I introduce my guest, I'd like you to please hit that subscribe button right now on YouTube so that you can see all the other episodes. Hit like, share, and comment on this video. Please go follow us on Facebook and on Instagram at Hebrew underscore hits. This podcast is available on all streaming apps. So go hit that follow and subscribe button as well. Well, right now, I have Moshe Ney on this Zoom with me. I'm excited because we are going to talk about a really, really pivotal topic when you are online as a male, female, how you interact with the other gender on cyberspace, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on all internet um, platforms, all social medias, everywhere. It's very, very pivotal that we talk about this. And I have the expert with me right now. Moshe Ney, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Baruch Hashem, wonderful. Thank you. It's, it's truly an honor to be here. Just one, or just one little note on what you said. I can't call myself the expert. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I am in no way, shape, or form the expert. There are much, people that, there are much bigger people who are much more well-versed in this and, more, and you know, have much more expertise in this than I do. Um, if you want the expert, honestly, I mean, I'm just going to say that at least the person I can call the expert in this is probably Rabbi Zachariah Wallerstein. He's someone who I honestly, I could almost say, I'm not going to say he's my role model for this, but he's definitely the person that would model the, um, you know, the embody the, the type of person that would deal with this type of issue. I and mean, then you know this better than I do. I'm sure you've, okay. you've heard of Wallerstein's lectures before. Yeah, yeah, of course. And he, yeah, and a lot of his students are girls. And believe it or not, before we actually get into the subject matter, I just want to talk about him just for a drop because I just want to just bring out to you, you know, the understanding of what somebody could have, despite the fact that he does not use the internet. Most people don't even know this, and maybe they do know this. Rabbi Zachariah Wallerstein does not use a computer, does not have a smartphone. And I did not know that. And ever since Windows 95 came out, he had a computer literally for like a day. And because of one bad thing that showed up in his email, he pulled it out and told the secretary, take this thing and throw it in the garbage. I'm no longer using it. And yeah. But somehow he became the expert in being able to tell girls specifically, I mean, really the broader public more in general, but specifically to girls, what's mm -hmm. happening to them when they go online and what potential dangers they put themselves in when they expose themselves to the public in such a fashion. And this is something which we're going to elaborate. We're going to talk about. I don't want to put everything. I don't want to like kill the entire conversation, just end it now, like dead on arrival. But, but this is something that he dealt with extensively. And it's something that I marvel at because you see someone who's not online. He doesn't have a link. He doesn't even have a LinkedIn account. The wow. man doesn't even have that. And still he's able to get into the psyche of every single person to know what a man is going to say, what a woman is going to think, and to know what potential pitfalls can be out there should a person not be careful. And I think it's something yeah. which was, I think it's something which has to be spoken about, not just by Wildstein, but I think by everyone in general. And I think it's yeah. something which we should take the time to discuss as, as you, as you, as you introduce the conversation. 
do you think that he understands it so clearly and knows it because he's not on these sites he's not on linkedin he's not on social media or it's just he knows that's a that's a very good question you know sometimes when a person you know it's, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because sometimes i think when a person is on the outside mm-hmm. and they look from the outside at a person who has the problem Okay, so maybe they may not be on, let's just say like for arguments, like we're not, we're not making judgment calls on anybody, yeah? You, know, you may not be able to know what the person is feeling as to why they're involved in that. Let's say whether it's any addiction, whether it's smoking, whether it's drugs, yeah. whether they're Rahman al-Islam, whether they're cutting themselves, you know, whatever, whatever it could be. But you know, from looking outside, from looking from, looking from, from, the, from an outsider's perspective, you know that that person is in trouble. And you know that that person is not up to any good. So... Uh, this is more of an educated guess. Mm-hmm. He's standing on the outside and being in Chinuch for 40 plus years and s- dealing with these elements, mainly people who are not necessarily in the system, as you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, him looking on the inside from the outside sees the detrimental effects of what happens to people when they are involved in, when they're heavily involved in various online platforms and more specifically when they're doing things that that are inappropriate or when they're or when they're opening themselves to inappropriate mm-hmm. behavior so i think it's just by virtue of the fact that because he deals with it and he sees it on the outside he's able to see the pitfalls for themselves without even having to himself yeah. be involved in it i think i think for sure that is the case and i'm very 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 excited to sit down with you because i know that you've helped me throughout linkedin I've had different men be inappropriate, send me stuff, and I just didn't know what to do. So I send, I send them to you and you check them out. You're like, block this one. That one's fine. Be wary of this one. So it's good to know that the reason I'm calling you the expert is because if I don't know if somebody's questionable or not, I send them to you. You're basically the LinkedIn expert, which people could, people know now that they reach out to you and you find out if those people should be blocked or whatnot. Before we even get to that topic, I want to find out why you did start on LinkedIn, because if you have this outside perspective, like, why did you even start? Why did you even join? Right. So that's a very, very good question. So honestly, being the type of person that I am, I really would just have wanted to avoid all type of social media platforms altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, Until, I mean, really, I shouldn't say until recently, because I'm saying really, I've been doing this for a while and Baruch Hashem, it's ongoing. Um, Outside of LinkedIn, I am a wedding singer. I sing at weddings in Lakewood. Mainly, oh, cool. not just in Lakewood. I'm not limited just to Lakewood. I I go wherever wherever I'm called, but most of my jobs um, are situated in Lakewood. So I had to have email just for that, just so I should be able to be in touch with my boss, so he could just send me information. Um, when I mean my boss, I mean to say that I let me just clarify that for a minute because most people may not understand what that means. Um, in Lakewood, many of the halls here run with takanas. They run with strict guidelines about spending, etc. And usually those halls will provide for you a singer and a player in order so you don't have to go and bring in an outsider and then everybody kind of saves money on the uh on their weddings so i am part of one of these takonis packages in base vega in lakewood okay. right and mm-hmm. um that that's really been my that's been my main job for the last couple of years and Baruch Hashem, it's ongoing but just in and order to for- every single night you're saying like these weddings happen every night the weddings happen every night. I'm I'm not the only singer that's on the that's on the package. So there are other oh, okay. ones. So it's on an average of twice to three times a week. There are times where I'm busy the entire week, but that really depends on the season. It depends on it, it depends on a lot of things. If the yeah. Rebbeinish Shalom sends it my way, then then I'm then I'm busy. That's really just that that's really just the long and short of it. So I had email just to be able to be in touch with my boss, just to know 
when the weddings are, to know, you know, what, what the Bali Simcha requested, to know, mm-hmm. you know, what are my basic instructions? That, that was really it. But, you know, sometimes, like, you know, it comes a time where you have to seek other forms of a livelihood as well. So that's really where I was at. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like to write. And I decided that I want to be able to pursue a career, some sort of a career in writing. Now, there's certain, now, just to understand, there are different industries within writing. There's content writing, there's writing articles, there's, then there's something called copywriting. Now, let's not confuse that with what you see in a book, that this book is copyright. This is really totally off the subject matter, but just to give you a, a, a drop of perspective, what this is, a copywriter is someone who writes for marketing purposes. That's really, it's, it's, I know that that's not the only translation. There's a lot of definitions mm-hmm. of copywriting, but if you see a good ad out there, you see a good website, there's an expert copywriter behind it. That's all you have to know. Those are the people who put it together. So I decided I wanted to be one of those people too. And I was looking to take a certain course, um, which was online, obviously, you know, like none of these courses are really in books anymore. You know, that's just, that's just the type of world that we live in. And that's the reality. Mm -hmm. And I was a little bit wary about this course. So I I actually got in touch with someone who used LinkedIn to LinkedIn to their perspective. Her name is Mrs. Michal Isikowitz. She lives in Eretz Yisrael and a lot of her clientele is here in America. So after a 20 minute, you know, 20 minute um, consultation, she kind of told, she gave me a few um, other resources besides for the one that I was looking into. And then in a follow-up email, she gave me the name of another um, of another copywriter, Mrs. Esther Novak from Farakaway. Mm-hmm. And um, I asked her about LinkedIn. I said, do I have to be there? Because I knew professionals use it. Yeah. And she said to me, honestly, if you want to, if you're looking to get your name out there, then this is really where you have to be. It's pretty necessary. Mm-hmm. So then I decided, okay, you know, be it, be it as you know be it as it may that like i don't like to be on social media apps just for the record i don't have facebook i don't have instagram i don't yeah. have twitter and what are all these you don't new WhatsApp. Ones? You don't I don't, WhatsApp. no i don't know what, what can, I, can i show everybody my phone for a second <laughs> see this well i am i am in the stone ages okay this is me all right by the way i had that phone not even i only got a smartphone a half a year ago really that, that i didn't know time for the first time ever it's my first time with a smartphone so i never had one before either so, yeah, so you see, so I don't have WhatsApp. I don't have any of this stuff I'm saying. And so this was already like the next, like, it was like, a, it was like a new, it was like a new stage, a new level. And honestly, it was like very hard at the beginning because it kind of like takes you over the way it's that anyone who grew up with television at home or who grew up with movies understands that a movie just kind of like sucks you in. You kind of like forget about what's going on. So, <laughs> so in, while LinkedIn is a positive tool for Parnassa, that it still has that downside that you could be busy with it for hours if you don't really have a game plan and you're just like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling mm-hmm. and connecting and this. So like, it was a little bit of a dizzying experience, you know, at the beginning, but now Baruch Hashem, I kind of like found, found my footing and I found my way around. So now like I'm more or less focused on that. And Baruch Hashem, I made a lot of very top quality connections, Baruch Hashem, you know, and. But I that's mean, why like, you got started for copywriting. For yeah. Yeah. So and yeah, how so, long have you been on LinkedIn for? So I've been on LinkedIn for a little more than a year. I started wow. in, in September 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's been a little more than a year. And to date I have, I'm not even counting the amount of connections anymore. You know, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. You know, something just on that topic, you know, people connect with like thousands and thousands of different, I mean, up to like tens of thousands of connections. Yeah. But how many of those people do you really connect with? How many of those people right. do you really take off of LinkedIn? So honestly, I do have a vast number of connections and as you can see, we're taking this one off of LinkedIn, you know, right. I mean, or it's going to be going back on LinkedIn too, but you know, but yeah, yeah that's, that's, but, but I, but honestly, I, I really, I, 
I did manage to take a lot of those off of LinkedIn. Some of them actually are friends of mine from before. Nice. Um, some of them were actually interviewed here. You know, Zezzy Fooled was one of them. Yakov Berger was one of them. Yes. Uzi, Uzi, Uzi Badner is a neighbor of mine. Like I'm saying, like the, 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 these mm-hmm. are people that I know. And Baruch Hashem, one thing I can say about LinkedIn, I can't really compare it to other social media apps because, like I said, I never had them. Mm-hmm. But one thing I can see is that those who are there really just for business are honest to goodness good people. Mm-hmm. People who are not there, as we'll see soon, to waste their people who are not there to waste their time. And we're going to talk about that soon about those people who are there to waste their time. And that's yeah. that's the heavy topic. That's a loaded topic that we have to discuss. Yes. Um, but they're they're really just such such good, honest, de- decent people, and they sincerely are trying to help others progress themselves within their various lines of work. And I think it's yeah. a very powerful tool for Panos. And if it's used properly, you can definitely see the proper results from it. I'm just, I don't remember. How exactly did we meet on LinkedIn? You sent me a message. Are you related to Mosh maybe, right? Exactly. So I, right. So I saw the name Fivelson and I reached out and I asked you if you're related to Moshi Fivelson. I think that's really where it started and where it ended. I didn't really think about it, think about it afterwards. But how did I know that I could go to you for help with the men who are like creeping me out? Right. So here's another thing that I do. I'm going to being a little, I'm being a pretty vulnerable over here. Um, I am also Isaac and Shachanus. And um, I'm going to be per- perfectly transparent. Oh, yes. Well, I well, I've not actually made a shidduch yet. I have gotten people to go out. It just means that you know. By the way, just for all the shadchanim out there, your job is not necessarily to make the shidduch. Your job is to like set set it in motion so the shidduch can come about. Because ultimately, it's the rebbeinu shalom who puts it together. Now so, I remember what happened. Well, you can right, say so, the story. <laughs> I'm so I'm just so I'm just trying to do my job over here. You know, that's you know. As a matter of fact, it's like I, I don't want to digress too much, but the uh, there's. Um, there's a Gemara somewhere. Um, I don't want to say which Masech because I don't want to misquote it. Then everyone's going to say like, okay, Maishi, that's it. You're, you're a fraud. You don't know what you're talking about. So if somebody knows where the Gemara is, just, um, just please get back to me, okay? That when a person comes up to Bezin Shomayla, they ask him, they ask him a few questions. And one of them is, Asakta Bapiriya Virivya. Did you attempt to try to procreate and have children? The Marshal in that Gemara says that it's actually referring to finding a shidduch for a yosim or a yisayma. Now, wow. that to mean, now it's not limited to a yosim or a yisayma, but the basic idea is, is that a sakta period of Rivia goes beyond just, did you try to bring virus into the world? Rather, did you also try to help others find their shidduch and thereby wow. build other houses in Klai Yisrael so they can bring in virus as well? And mm-hmm. that's the question one's going to be asked. So it's something that I try to do because I'm a people person. I like to connect with other people. Yeah. I like, I like, I'm outgoing. You know, and the shot yeah. has to be a little bit aggressive, even though I'm, I'm, I'm not aggressive like that. But I try yeah. and I try very, very hard. You actually came to me with the shidduch and you, it was like, it was crazy, actually. R- right. And I had apologized. I mean, I just I had apologized that I had to call you because I know some ladies get creeped out when, when a man calls them. <laughs> and I said, I just I'm only calling you because to read a shidduch, it's easier if it's done over the phone. Yeah. And then that's how this conversation, you know, came to light. Right. I started sharing right. my stories and things exactly. Like that. And it was only and after then. Yeah. Right. And then you sent me your article and I was like, wow, oh my gosh. And then we started talking and now we were, I think we were discussing also doing a podcast interview for a while. And now it actually came about that we actually are sitting down getting to this hot topic, exactly. which I'm very excited to talk about. So you did write an article called the rose among the thorns. What caused you to write this article? Like you're on LinkedIn for a year, right? Not even by then you're on for a few months. And how did you realize that things were going on that were may have been inappropriate towards women um, that caused you to write this article? So first things first, coming from 
from yeshiva, which Baruch Hashem, I'm still zeichel and I'm still in kail. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the day, and then the other part of the day, I'm working on this. So coming out of there to transitioning into the workforce, you begin to see things, even though, let's say, like I said, I grew up in this, I mean, I, technically the city. I don't know if Queens is really considered in town or not. That really depends who you ask, but that's nitty-gritty conversation, not for now, but whatever. I grew up, I grew up in Queens, you know what I'm saying? I didn't grow up in a yeshiva atmosphere, but like, once already you cocoon yourself in yeshiva, you don't have to be busy with the outside influences, necessarily. Mm. Now, once you come out of that, and you have to kind of confront them, it becomes necessary to know, first of all, to identify what the negative influences are, mm-hmm. to be aware of them, and then to know how to block them out or how to counteract them. So it wasn't necessarily about this topic specifically. It was really was coming from an overall understanding of how a yid should act when he's online, what he should avoid, and what he could do to cause others Sorry, to, quote, to, to rather to spare others from seeing yeah. things that are otherwise inappropriate. And this was really more of a subtopic, but it, it came up within it. So there was really a, it was really a, a bulk work of a lot of things together. Mm-hmm. So let me start from the beginning. Yeah. So I, came, so I came to LinkedIn, and I'm seeing things in my feed. First of all, I, I came there with an, with an naive belief that LinkedIn yeah. is, is strictly for business. Like there's, no, like there's none of this chazerai about posting from riots and from this and from that. Yeah. yeah, I learned that really quickly too, by the way. I thought it was strictly businessmen. And then I see people like jumping on here and doing these things. Like, exactly. I'm like, what is this? But you know what? You, you learn pretty quickly who to exactly. follow. Exactly. And who not to follow. But listen, you know, within realm, it's within reason, it stays within the realm of business. You know, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. really get, hopefully, it doesn't get too out of hand. I can't, mm-hmm. again, I can't compare because I don't have any other social media apps. Right. But, but I saw it was like a little bit out of hand. And, over time, I was seeing things that were liked and reacted to by, by a fellow from Connections, which, like, I would never dream of, like, re- like, even, like, even, like, things like that. I want to call them tame. I'm not talking about pictures. I'm just talking about even, like, messages and things that, like, they don't reflect who we are. Mm-hmm. I remember, I don't know if I can say this on a podcast I'm saying, but I'm, I'm going to try to say this, sens- like, very sensitively. Say it, and I'll, I'll decide later. <laughs> okay, fine. All right. A guy liked the post of a of a lady who posted the following message to one of her fellow connections. I don't even know exactly what it was referring to. Like, mm-hmm. so-and-so, I bleeping love you. Like, you know, I don't know if the, the actual F word wasn't in there. I oh, think it was they, an F word. Yeah. They, 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 I mean, they probably exchanged the, the U for a V or something like that. Okay. But, but, like, for me, that was, like, a lot. I'm like, what are you liking this for? Like, okay, you know. And then you have guys who are cursing. Then you have, you have other things. I, I just, I, I didn't. I, I couldn't exactly come to terms with the fact that there are people who look like me and act like me, and even guys who don't look like me, that they are engaging with things that are run contrary to a Torah lifestyle, or run contrary to Ashkaf Satayr, et cetera. And, I'm, I can't and com- this is why I want to speak to you, by the way, okay. because the people that are reaching out to me are not the... Like, I, I can't even tell you how many people have called me names that you don't call a girl, white shirt. I'm telling you that the Jewish people are reaching out to me and I'm, this is why I want to sit down with you have an open right. conversation because why is this happening? Like, why do men who are brought up in a regular from home, regular mm-hmm. Jewish education feel that they could say these things to, things to me when I would meet them, let's say in shul or let's say on the street, they would never say such things to me. And right. I've been told things which I can't even say on the podcast because it's just inappropriate. Don't, don't do it's it. It's just inappropriate. But I'm <laughs> right. saying like, 
it's just why, why? So coming from you, like, why is that? Like, let's talk about all of this. Right. So we're going to get to that in a second. That was the next reason why I decided to write it. First of all, I saw yeah. a post from various ladies, not even, not even Jewish ladies per se, even non-Jewish ladies mm-hmm. saying how men were reaching out to them for the purposes of forming a relationship and, or, or worse. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if one of them came from a firm lady. I mean, I, I think I, I didn't see a post from you, but I know obviously that was something we had spoken about. Um, I would never post it in public, like right, right, not so, my kind of thing. Right. You know? So people, so people had posted about it, and I decided that okay, I want to write an article just because a few things are happening here. Chavetz Chaim writes in in his Sefer Chavetz Chaim that there are people who speak Lashon Hara for two reasons. Sorry, there are two types of people who speak Lashon Hara. There are those okay. who who don't know. And they're ignorant, and they think that you can't speak lashon hara. You sorry, you, you can only speak lashon hara about, um, about what was that again? Oh, lashon hara is only about something which is honestly true. But if everybody knows about it, why can't I talk about it? You know, so you you something which is okay. They're 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 heterim, but I'm saying I'm not saying they're heterim heterim that you have to ask a rabbi for. That's not that's not the purpose over here. But there are people who think that oh, it's true. So I could talk about it. Chavetz Chaim says that that Lashon Hara is any derogatory statement that you make about, about about a fellow Jew. Wow. Exactly. So it's coming from a place of ignorance. Then you have the people who learned in yeshiva, like I did, and then they say, "Don't worry, I know halacha, and I know I can talk about this guy. This guy, he's legitimate Russia. This guy, he's he's a sicko. I can call him out, and it could be he's oh, really no. not. And it could be he's really not. Right. And it could be he's really not. You know. And there are other things. So. Hein mitzad, the people who, do, who don't know. Hein mitzad, the people who do know. You always have people rationalizing why they can do something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Right. So I decided let me highlight the thing so the people who don't know will know. And the people who otherwise do know will have a better idea of what's going on. So mm-hmm. you asked before, how did I get to the title, The Rose Among the Thorns? Yeah. So that comes from a Rashi in Shirashir. Let me just pause to take it out of here. Trying to remember which chelik it is over here. Um, I, think it's in, I think it's in this one. Let me see. I don't own a nach. I only have. Oh, it is. Baruch Hashem. Did you open up right to the page? Not mamash right to the page. It's at the very beginning. Wow. It's at the very beginning. Um, is it actually no? Maybe it's in Perik Beis. Let me just see. I I really should know where it is at this point because at one at one point in my life I was actually very good. Oh, I found it. I was one. I was once. I was once very good about saying Shem every Friday. I, wow. I I cannot say that I have time to do that at this point in my life. Uh-huh. Either I get either I get to it or I don't. It's a good thing to do anyways because the Rikeach says that saying Sher Shem and Erev Shabbos will save from, save someone from the din of Gehenna. So wow. Yeah, big deal. Forget the forty days thing, just Erev wow. Shabbos. But so what does the Rashi say? So Perik so Perik Beis Pasuk Beis. It's like a rose among the thorns. So is my beloved amongst the daughters. So Rashi over there says, like the rose amongst the thorns, that they try to puncture her. If you ever seen a rose bush, there's always thorns. Yeah. And if a, and if and if the rose bud, and if, sorry, if the rose petal ends up on a thorn, it gets punctured. Right? That she stands consistently in her beauty, and in her redness. Mean to say that the rose stays red and keeps its shape regardless of the fact that it's surrounded by thorns. So says the So is my Klal Yisrael amongst the nations of the world. Remember, the the, the, the is the 
is the ultimate relationship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu with, with Klai Yisrael, which is that of a husband and a wife. And this is how Hashem praises us in front of the rest of the world. Like, look at my Eden. Look at them. Yeah? It, like, the, the, the nations of the world have their way of life. They have their way of doing things. And they wait. And sometimes they want us to join them. And this is exactly what Rashi says. So too is my daughter amongst the nations of the world, referred to as daughters, who seduce her, to run after them, to stray from the path, just like them, after strange gods. Yet Klai Yisrael stands steadfast in her emuna. Wow. Yeah? So okay. the idea is very simple. Mm-hmm. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu picked us to be his nation, and he expects a certain standard from us, and he praises us for that standard. And and it's that standard that makes us stand out among the rest as people being able to see like, wow, that is one very beautiful rose of a nation. Yeah? Right. And, and that's where it's coming from. And because we all want to be that, we have to understand where we're at. So I highlighted in the article, a lot of us come to cyberspace because we have to work, right? That's mm-hmm. just part of it. That's just like a lot of businesses online now. And or literally 99.9% of businesses online. And we're confronted right. with a lot of different things. So I highlighted a bunch of things in the article. And the first thing was really about be careful with what you with what you like and what you engage with. Because yeah. as you know, and everybody else knows, whatever you click on is seen by your connections. Exactly. And, you know, it's like it shows like who, you know, you know how LinkedIn works. Exactly. So, so like this. Exactly. And it's so and you have to be very careful with what you like, because then all of them are going to see it. You also discussed in the article how people let their guard down more on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Oh, so that's where we wanted to get to. I think the reason is very simple. Um, right now, I mean, although this is really a virtual meeting, mm-hmm. you can see me and yes. I'm not going to say anything or do anything because you see me. And that's probably the mentality. The reality is now you see me, now you don't. If you can see me, I'm one yes. way. When you don't see me, who's there to, who's here to hold me accountable for what I'm doing? Mm. And the truth be told, the internet lends itself to that kind of, um, that kind yeah. of like, yeah, that smokescreen type of feel. Mm-hmm. No one can see you, or you physically nobody can see you. And you can go places. I mean, this is really the biggest danger of the internet. That's really, this is really what encompasses this entire problem. That on an in, like on a on a on a computer or on a or on a smartphone or it's anything that has internet access, without a filter, I might add. That's a different discussion. Right. Anything that has no restrictions, you can go wherever you want, whenever you want, and however you want. And who exactly. is going to stop you? And it's well, it's, you're going to get a lot of viruses on your phone. Well, that could be that. That's well, that's the pitfall of it. I mean, that's that. Believe it or not, that's a smaller pitfall based on like more than just the viruses you're going to get. Well, yeah, I'm saying there's yeah. going to be so much worse. But I'm saying people will notice. Like, if you have to keep like fixing your phone, I don't know, like, or you know, there's like hundreds and hundreds of viruses. People know what you're doing, and it's all in your search history. No matter if you delete it, I could find it. Oh. Let, me, let me let you know. Okay, fine. So that's I understand that. But but what the point is is that the internet gives that feel to a person that they they can literally roam like it's the wild west and do whatever they want. Yeah. And Rahman people have honestly geared their businesses that way or geared content that way. I'm like, you know, to draw people in in ways that are highly inappropriate mm-hmm. because this is where you can do whatever you want. And this is where you can get those pleasures you didn't have anywhere, etc. And I don't want to elaborate further. 
And for that reason, when men come to any social media platform and they see now, wait a minute, now it's not just me imagining. I can make this into a reality. I can actually connect with someone where I could, I hate to say this, I mean, it sounds, it sounds nauseating to talk about this, but where they have ways of making themselves feel good where they couldn't do it before, they're going to go find a way to do that. Wow. Exactly. And do you think that it desensitized men though? Like now that men are on LinkedIn and they see how easy it is to send to a girl, a young girl, I don't even know if they're, they're probably sending to married girls, non-Jewish girls, Jewish girls, everybody, it doesn't matter. Do you think it desensitized them so that when they do see that person in person, they will still talk to them that way? Like I have a guy literally who messages me the same message, which I will not say on this podcast every single day. He calls me a name. Hello, blank, blank. And I just ignore it. But if I would see him in person, I don't even know who this guy is, but 100%, I think that he would call me that same name because it desensitized him. So it's hard It's hard to say. I, I don't mm-hmm. know for sure. That's going to be a hard answer for me to question because it's a hard question for me to answer. Sorry. <laughs> oh, gosh, getting tongue-tied over here today. Okay, whatever. I'm on a roll. But anyways, um, I guess every person is different. Um, like I mentioned, I, I know your brother. So I, I'd spoke, I was spoken to him really about this Indian. Mm-hmm. And um, he mentioned something which I, you know, which I also like believe to a certain extent that not everyone is out to be maliciously evil. No one's out there. I mean, since they no one, there's some sickos out there. We know them. We know about mm-hmm. them. We hear about them. <laughs> and, you know, that's a Shiloh whether they should be exposed or not. But that's not that's out of the realm of this discussion. Right. But I think most upstanding from Jews don't want to be doing this stuff now. Everyone was created with the Yitzhahara. You know, Yitzhah Adam Rabbi Nu'urav. It's just a fact of life. Mm-hmm. And when a person is put into certain situations, his Yitzhahara could be stimulated more than it is in other situations. So like I said, when he's online and the internet gives that feel that you can do whatever you want, so he'll do whatever he wants. But once he's in a situation with other people where people are watching, uh-huh. I don't know if he, if he would be as prone to do that when other people are looking. Interesting. People think about things, they talk about things, then people do things. And does it mean to say that will a person just stop and keep his machshava in his mind and he won't take it further? Hopefully, if he's in control of himself. Right. Now, is there the potential for him to actually turn that, that thought and that emotion into something and to actually go out and physically do something, Rahman to somebody else? Yeah, there's a lot of potential for that. But like I said, if a guy is more or less working on himself and he really doesn't want to be there, it may just stay there. Now, it doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that he's doing the right thing. He's doing the wrong thing. But it can go either way. Like I said, if he's working on himself and he really wants to get out of it, chances are he won't take it there. If he's not going to make an effort to stop, then he could get there. And I guess the answer to the question is, is that everyone just has to be careful regardless. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Do you think that women, yeah, finish, sorry. No, no, no. I just meant to say that there's just, you just have to be on guard or just be careful. And we say, there's no such thing as a cosigner when it comes to immorality. Uh-huh. You know, that means to say, just because a guy thinks like, oh, I'll be careful. It doesn't work that way. You're dealing with the, and let's say for a girl, she goes like, oh, don't worry. I'm kosher, as they say in certain, you know, in, in certain, certain communities. I'm a kosher girl. Nothing's going to happen to me, okay? And he's a nice <laughs> guy. You know, or the other guy said, don't worry, I'm a great serious Shemayim. I, I fear God. Nothing's going to happen to me. Never take any chances. Never, exactly. ever take any chances. Stay on guard. Don't say more than what has to be said. 
and don't ever initiate such a relationship, if, especially if it doesn't have to, doesn't have to be there. Like and we're not we're talking on, totally like, on LinkedIn, not in, even in, in, on, in person right now. We're talking about on LinkedIn, on social media. So on, yeah, on LinkedIn itself, keep it, keep it to business. Yeah. And okay, whatever. Let's let's continue because I'm saying I, I feel like a lot of the conversation is like still like up in the like up in the air. Yeah, Maybe yeah, no. Just... I have so many questions I want to. I'm gonna ask you. Like I literally yeah. have so many things I want to talk about. I also want to ask you if men and women you think have the same struggle online. I'm a girl. You're a man. This is perfect question. I know how it is to be a woman on social media, and you know how it is to be a man. Do you think that men are getting the same kind of comments in their DMs as women? So that's a very hard question to answer. I definitely don't see them posting about it, at least not on a constant basis. I rarely, rarely heard it. I think I saw it from one of my connections, mm-hmm. but I think it's more of a problem by men than it is by women. That's my that's my honest, firm belief, one thousand percent. I think that, and I think that women also on LinkedIn, especially the Basiako girls, like we're all so innocent. I would never have thought like things that have happened on LinkedIn with me. It's because I was so innocent that somebody tried writing me a shit up. Wasn't you? Don't worry. And it ended up, I told you the story, ended up being that he just was trying to get his way into getting my, gaining my trust so that I, he could talk to me. And by the time I knew what was going on, it was too late. And I had to get Rabbanim involved and different people involved to help the situation because it got serious really quickly. And it didn't, I, I, I didn't even think that a was inappropriate. It was a rap. I, like, this is where like, I was totally like, whoa, I don't want to talk to anybody in my DMs, but I calmed down after like, you know, realizing right, right. No, you got to do. You definitely have to be normal about it. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, like I said before, ain't apetropis la rice this is what Chazal said that no matter what, what level you're on. Um, as a matter of fact, and it's, you've, it's interesting that you bring that up. Like the Gedalim of like every generation were always worried about these things, no matter how high they were. You know, um, um, there's a, I did a series over here not over here, on LinkedIn, um, during the last few weeks uh, between Parsha Shmois and Parsha Mishpatim, we did a series, I say we, because a bunch of people joined it, mm-hmm. um, on modest conduct in the workplace. It was actually out of a book called Nine to Five. Um, it's called, the I don't, I don't remember the title, the, the full title offhand, but mm-hmm. it was dealing more with in, you know, in-office conduct from a halakhic perspective. And at the very end of the book, there's stories. And there's a bo- story there cited, cited with the, not this, past Skalena Rebbe, who just passed away a couple years ago, but with his father. And his father was staying at someone's house in Muncie. And the Balabas happened to have still been at home. The one who owned the house was still around. And suddenly he sees the Rebbe like running out of the room, like frantic, frantic. And he's like, Rebbe, is everything okay? He's like, oh gosh, you're here? I'm so like, he's like, I'm so relieved. He's like, Rebbe, what's the problem? He said, I sincerely thought you left the house. And I think I heard your wife in the other room and I thought she was here. And it's also for me to be in the same house with her because it's Yichud. Yeah. And, and, and he looked at him like strangely said, Rebbe, you know, you're like, I don't know how old he was. He was, he was, he was, he wasn't, as a matter of fact, in the story, he was so old that like he couldn't even run that fast and he collapsed on his way out. So he had to like, oh pick him gosh. up. And he said to him like, Rebbe, like, you're so old. Like, you still have to worry about this. He said, never underestimate the Kayach of the Sahara. The Sahara gives a life to the lifeless I don't know the exact words, like, you know, strength to the weak, sight yeah. to the blind, and gives hearing to those who are deaf. Basically, don't mess around. And no matter how old you are, because at the end Whoa. of the day, at the end of the day, a person has to be on guard till his dying day to be saved from things that are, that, that, that could otherwise bring him down in these areas. Yeah, it's not a joke. So you're I'm surprised. Like, whoa, I'm so happy I'm a woman. Like, it must be very hard, challenging to be a man. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. 
I mean, listen, and look, listen. We, we we don't we don't doubt for a second that the Skalander ever ever had such thoughts. Chas You know what I'm saying? He was he was he was he was he was literally he was an angel. He was an angel on this earth. If you ever talk to people who ever saw him. But the point is, is that if he's worried about it, I sh- I for sure got to worry about it. You know wow. what I'm saying? And like, why should I put myself into that situation where this pitfall could happen? Right? You hear what I'm saying? Exactly, so, you're, yeah. so, so you're asking, like, how is it that a rabbi can do something like that? The answer is he wasn't careful. And he convinced himself either that it's okay, I'm fine, or he really, or maybe he's I, not I really a rabbi. I said to him, I said, how can you be, ra-? I said, I'm so surprised you're a rabbi. Like, I was straight up. I was like, what in the world is going on? Like, you're a rabbi. He's like, oh, I'm far from a rabbi. I'm like, but it says you're a rabbi. Like, you say that you're a rabbi. Was his title, like, rab- was his t- actual title rabbi? Rabbi. And I was like, you say you're a rabbi. He's like, I'm far from a rabbi. And I was like, right. What? So just tell him, why, why don't you cut the title rabbi out of your title? You know, I, listen, I was just, I said, I, I said, um, don't ever contact me again. The people, rabbis were taking care of it, but it was a very scary situation. Now I want to ask you this question. Why did you personally feel that it was important to write this article and not leave it to somebody else? Like, why did you want to do it? Because if I have the ability to bring it out, why should I wait for someone else to do it? You know, like, you know, I, I have the information. Right. I have, you know, I, I have the ideas and I felt that it's important to bring it out and just I shouldn't just busy, be busy waiting for someone else to do it. And I felt it's like if and also it's something that people can benefit from because as mm-hmm. like I said we want to be careful. We're not looking we're not looking to be in the dirt. We really are looking to be above all of that. And, and what was the reaction though? Uh, like, so that so, I want to know. That I'm ah, so the reaction. So I think there were some who were a little bit hesitant for me to publish it. Um so the mile of having a LinkedIn article is, is that you can share it prior to its publishing with other people to look over. So everyone gave the horrors, maybe add this, maybe take, mm-hmm. take out this, you know, I sent it to one guy. I'm not going to say who it is. I'm just going to pull up the message and I'm not going to share it with you, obviously. And oh, you're I'm not going to share the screen. <laughs> I, no, because then I'll be giving him away. I wouldn't be allowed to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. He's actually a very good guy. He's a, I haven't actually seen the i haven't actually met him in person yet but i but i see from his content that he's actually a very very um good guy very good guy yeah yeah. let me just pull up the message over here by the way i hope you don't feel like this conversation is getting a little bit drawn out but like you know there there is a lot on this topic you know no hello i'm excited i'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation okay and this fine. is all going into the podcast oh, oh for sure okay um let me see so so here's what he wrote to me. He wrote to me as follows. He said, he said, very nice, he said, very nicely written. And then he, I'm, I'm reading you literally word for word what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? okay, just listen. So I can't see you right now because I'm looking at I'm looking at my Okay, no problem. Yeah, fine. I'm afraid it wouldn't go so well when shared on LinkedIn. You'll get an immense amount of hatred from many. It may come across to people that not as from as not as from as you as elitist. I mean to say that people not as from as I are going to consider this to be like elitist behavior. Elitist behavior meaning that I think I'm better than anybody else. And then he says as follows. The outside world does not expect us to act in any of the ways you described. They want us to use first names, etc. That was one of the things I highlighted over there that while it's not also the proper thing to do at least when addressing the opposite gender in business is to is to use yeah. a what do you call it? Is, to, is to use a title. So he said that he, he disagreed with that. When posting this, make sure nobody that shouldn't be seeing this ends up seeing it. It can cause a major unnecessary tension. Love the way it's written, very well put, but really not for everyone. That's what he told me. Now, interesting. Now, what's your take on that? 
I'm going to tell, I read it more than once. Okay. okay. And I was so impressed. I was like, this needs to be said. People need to stand up for women. People need to stand up for what is actually going on and not hide the fact. And when you say Miss Fibelson to me, don't call me by my first name. I'm like, that is so respectful. And I also want to say that a guy, I don't even think he was Jewish, reached out mm-hmm. to me and he's like, I loved your content. And I love that you're pushing yourself. And you're, I don't even think he thought he knew I was Jewish. He said, it's amazing that you are pushing out your brand, pushing out, you know, the Malia cam. And you're doing it in a very modest way. He said, most girls on here would wear like clothing that will try to draw a guy's attention. He said, you're literally drawing attention by your talents, not by how you look. Exactly. And I said, that's so interesting. And then I was like, that really corresponded with your, um, with your article, like perfectly. And I was like, just showing that. Yeah. Be modest. People appreciate not, like this guy is like saying people aren't going to want to hear it. People appreciate modesty. People are drawn to modesty. They are. So they I are. don't agree what he's saying. I think that everybody could take something from it. Jew, right. non-Jew, religious, non-religious. Right. So I, so my, my response to him was that I disagreed with him. Mm-hmm. And I said that, I said, I, I disagree with you that it will garner hatred from others. And, I, and this, this, this is something that I clarified to him because this is not, never, never, I didn't say this in the article. Uh-huh. I never said in the article that they expect us as I, to, do, to do any of this, as you'll see soon. So this is what I told him. I said, I never said in the article that they expect us to use first names. I said, we are expected to use a title because that's the right thing to do. Uh-huh. If you consider yourself an upstanding from person. And that's only one example. We're expected to stand out. If we don't, then what distinguishes us from them? And then I told him that, that I told him that a lot of these things actually were taken from the safe for nine to five that I, that I referenced before. Yeah. And I said that the issue of calling people by first names is already dealt with by the Noy de Yehuda. He was one of the earlier Paiskim. And um, I said it's, 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 it's a, it's a, I said it's a very relevant, it's a really re- relevant article. I want to point something out that you did say that you said that yeah. this separates us from them. Yeah. It doesn't mean in a negative way, they separate themselves from us. Because right. they expect more from us, not the other way around. Yeah. Non-Jews expect, like, they literally put Jews on a pedestal, no matter what they say. Exactly. They're never going to admit it, but they do. They do. They really do. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not a joke. They, they sincerely do. Yeah, that's why we have to live up to that, to show that we are more modest. And we are, you know what I'm saying? Live to that, yeah. live to that um, what is it called? Yeah. Live to that level, I guess. Exactly. And then like, then, the, and by the way, then the people who come with this big title about Chil Hashem, that's like, a, that's another pet peeve of mine, which I like to talk about. Um, I, there's a very huge mis, misconception of what Chil Hashem means. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess the way we've been trained is that it just made, it means making a good impression for the going. That's not what it means. And that's not what it means. And that's one of the things he actually wrote me. He said, if you're truly looking to make a Kiddush Hashem, you need to be very careful when showing it to non-Jewish people. Okay, so whatever. I mean, whatever. I settled with him. I'm saying, like, you know, don't worry about it. We're not like in this, this, this long vendetta. And as a matter of fact, I mentioned my, my 20-day post. I mean, I, I did a 20-day posting challenge, like I mentioned, with the Safer 9 to 5. And another guy, like, attacked me, not about the article, but about the content that I was producing, talking about Sneas. And he said that I'm making a Chilul Hashem. So... Let me just highlight briefly for those who are listening. I'm not a Paisik, but the halachis of Chilul Hashem could be found in the Rambam. And over there, Chilul Hashem boils down to mainly one thing. Doing Hashem's Ratzin. And if you do it, it's a Kiddush Hashem. If you don't do it, it's a Chilul Hashem. Mm. If you do what Hashem wants you to do, that means not what, not, not, not what John Brown wants you to do. What Hashem wants you to do. If you do that, then you sanctify His name. If you do a sin... Even if a guy thinks that it's admirable, it's a Chilul uh-huh. Hashem. 
And in many cases, even though we're not talking about Gimel Averis Hamuris, at least in this specific thing, we're not talking about right. immorality where he says, you know, look at this, like, look at this immoral thing or do something immoral, or I'm going to shoot you. Then it's, there's no question. You have to give up your life for that. But you eat ham in front of 10 Jews, you, you, were, you committed a sin which you were to give up your life for. I mean to say that if John Brown comes to you and points, and points a gun at you and says, eat a ham sandwich in front of these 10 Jews, you've got to yeah. give up your life for that. And where people mistaken this, you know, for what the game think really comes from this, that if a Jew is seen doing things that are considered below standard, he's hanging out with the wrong people, he's mm-hmm. talking dirty, he's doing things that are dirty. That's where Chalil Hashem kicks in. Because then that's where Goyim will look at Jews and say, oh, okay. So the Jews also aren't so, they're not, they're not as clean as we thought they were. And that's yeah. where Chil Hashem comes. Not because the Goyim have to see that you have a nice haircut or they have to see this. No, 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 no. You know what I'm saying? A Goyim could be as grossed out with your way of life as possible. It doesn't change the fact that you still have to be a Jew, right? Right. And you're it's a Jew. Not- Kiddush Hashem, though. Yeah. Hashem, Chil Hashem. Right. How can you make a Kiddush Hashem then? while you're online. Right. So the way you can make a Kiddush Hashem is just very easy, just to be your own Jewish self and behave in a way that you would want to see other Goyim look at you and say, wow, this is an unbelievable human being. You know, it has to be a godly human being. You know, like definitely it goes without question. I'm saying, I'm not sure exactly what the right way is to say this. I'm saying, because like, I don't want to sound like I'm preaching to everybody. You know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah. I, I know it's the feel some people are going to get when they see this podcast. Like who, the, like, who on earth does this guy think he is? You know what I'm saying? And I don't <laughs> think of anybody. I'm just like simply highlighting day-to-day life of a regular Jew. Like when you walk down the street, let's make sure, obviously be pleasant and be nice, but don't do it in a way that compromises on halacha and don't do it in a way that compromises on the values that you hold very dear. I'll give you an example. I have a friend who used to work in real estate. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole there's a whole shaila and halacha about men shaking hands for business. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not gonna get into the intricacies of that to say what's right, what's wrong. All I can say is that the stipler paskind that shaking the opposite gender's hand even for business is yahareg v'al yavar. You have to give wow. your hand that. Now that's I'm not gonna say the person that disagree. Rav Moshe also said that. That it's also many others have said that is it's that awesome. for men to a woman or women to men like a Jewish does it apply the same way for the women? Um, I, I can't answer that. That, that that's that, that's something I'm, I'm qualified to answer. But okay, I get I would I imagine it would go both ways. There are those that are matir, but don't do anything without asking your rav. But my but me and this person we have the same rav. He's not a chesedish person by the way, okay. clean shaven person, clean shaven clean regular clean shaven. whatever whatever. What, what good he doesn't have a beard. Come on, seriously. No, I'm not just kidding. Don't worry about it, you know? But seriously, like, you know, he he doesn't he doesn't shake women's hands. And he went on a business trip with someone who was more Hamish looking than him. Mm-hmm. Just to put it mildly, yeah. And they came to this meeting and they had to close they had to close on a deal. And the Hamish guy sticks out his hand. And he shakes the lady's hand. Then she comes to him and he's not budging. And mm-hmm. she's and he says, I apologize, but for religious reasons, I'm allowed to shake. I'm allowed to shake hands with you. And she was confused, and she said, "But hang on a second, your friend just did it." And oh. without biting an eyelash, he says, "There are many ways. There are there are many different interpretations of the Bible, and my biblical interpretation tells me that this is forbidden, and I can't do it." And she actually respected. He said, "You know, I respect your answer. That's very. That's very. That's very admirable of you." And the other guy was like drowning in embarrassment. 
and he said the guy he said the guy almost killed him afterwards like how dare you you embarrassed me you this you that and whatever it was but you know you know why he was really embarrassed because he really he blew a massive opportunity to make a kid to Shashem and he didn't do it right and that's really I don't think he realized maybe he didn't even realize that he should not have done that. It's just so natural for him. It is, but but people have this attitude that, like you know, because it's business, you know, mm. things are things are permissible, and but as you as you've seen for yourself, when people do things just for business, sometimes that business is in massive quotation marks, by the way, or it's in brackets, or it's in right. or it's in, <laughs> or it's or it's parenthetical, and. It, it could turn out to be for things that aren't business related. And it, one thing leads to the next. And the more one lets his guard down, he could end up in the wrong places, like we said before. And it all leads back to the same point. And a person really wants to make a Kiddush Hashem, he has to just take stock of his actions. And he has to take stock and say, is this going to reflect positively on other religious Jews? Yes. And if, and if it's not, he probably should not be doing it. And I can tell you for myself, I have a non-Jewish client, and I really mm-hmm. hope other people hear this, by the way. I'm, I'm not embarrassed to, t- to say this. Okay. I have a non-Jewish client, a woman, who I'm building a website for her, and it's horrific, from her, it's horrific to hear the things that she says to me that other religious people send her. She's not an anti-Semite. She obviously, she's actually yeah. she's fascinated with Jews, by the way. She's like fascinated with – she actually wanted to like know about Gemara. She wants to know about Tanakh and things. Wow. and like I don't know. She's like one of those like people that likes to like figure things out. But mm-hmm. she can't figure out for the life of her. Why are from Jews sending her inappropriate material and inappropriate messages? As a matter of fact, okay, no, I'm gonna from I'm gonna Jews to her. Yeah, and I'm gonna yeah, and like I know this sounds like heavy duty material over here. Maybe it's too much for some people to hear, but I want the guy, if he happens to listen to this podcast, to hear this, okay? Because he knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, if you want to know how she called your bluff, it's my fault, okay? Okay, that's it. I'm gonna as I'm gonna get there soon.